Welcome back to another random episode of Happily Bored. I'm Jenna. I'm Chuck. And we're going to let you in on what has been going on and why we have been on basically a hiatus. Things have been crazy. Yeah. So the good news is I'm alive. Yes, that is the best news ever. <laughs> and we've said it before, but like jokingly, like we're not dead, but there was actually questions and there has been death. There so has, stick there, around. Unfortunately, there has been some death. So um, today's date is August 1st. And our it, last podcast was when? January 30th something, 30th. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. Like I just said, I don't remember anything that has happened before March 10th. <laughs> so I think sometime after that first recording, we got a little, like, just, we were disagreeing about something. I was like, I don't feel like recording. And then, like today, and then what? a little time went by and we just, we weren't syncing up on schedule. We were both busy. Things have been good as far as travel. Things are picking back up. So you've been busy. Yeah. And around places well february was part of what we call weave season yeah where it's like that first three four months of the year that it's just insane and that's pre-covid and that was that was pre-covid and it's back to it now right but it was even more because people are like yeah because now everybody's like give me the fuck out of dodge because they someone announced at some point that covid was officially over so everybody was like game on (laughs) yeah let's go spread anything we can now yeah so anyway all that stuff was going on and then um, I was excited because, um, Alex has been doing these guitar things and getting more into it. And whenever I've had the opportunity to do stuff with the kids, I'm like, yeah, I'll do field trips and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I, I just basically told him like, he got this opportunity to join a, um, a competition. Yeah. And it was very last minute and the, um, teacher kind of threw it together, but he was like, I think they'll be fine and they need to learn how to compete. Right. So he was like, I just need somebody to, you know, come with. Yeah, I need a chaperone. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll go. And I was feeling stressed during that day anyway. Um, I was going to chat lot. with my sister and I was a little nervous about it because my dad was, we found out my dad was uh, feeling sick. And it, you know, the news was pretty bad, but we were like, okay, things are. He's been going back and forth. He's going to get some treatment. And Everything is and... expecting. Okay. And they're kind of playing it down. So we're like, okay, we're, he's sick of some kind. We're not sure what yet. Right. So anyway, um, I go off to this, this, um, chaperone event thing and I'm feeling stressed and I wear my stress on my shoulders in your and shoulders. in my yeah. shoulders. And that's where the tightness is for me when I'm feeling stressed. It manifests like, like a pinched nerve basically. Yeah. So, we're sitting here at the concert and some of the kids are stressing me out a little bit because they keep trying to run from the pack. And I'm, you know. And they're not little kids. They're no, fucking teenagers. No, they're not. And that's part, that probably makes me more nervous. Right? Because it was also, it's co-ed. So I'm sitting there going, uh. Oh, yeah. You can't let a couple people yeah. wander off because you don't know what you're going to find. Right. <laughs> you know. And anyway, so I'm a little stressed out a little bit to the point where, like, I found a column in the hallway and I'm putting my back up against like a bear trying to scratch his back. <laughs> trying to stretch out my back because i felt like i had a knot yeah right so then i get on the school bus and i'm just still feeling even more nasty and i'm like my my whole shoulder blades it's in my shoulder blades and i'm like oh this is bad 
So anyway, we get home, and I'm I mean, it's you pretty. About, it was a pretty late night. Like it was yeah. like ten ten o'clock when you guys got home. Yeah, and I was I was feeling that it was tight anyway. Right. And then I was like, finally, I was like, I need to do something. And you tried to rub it. I was like, oh, that hurts. No, no, so no. You got... came home and went downstairs, remember? Went downstairs. You came home and I, Alex, I went upstairs to change. Oh, yeah. I was getting ready, Gabby ready for bed. And you were like, you just walked downstairs. You didn't say anything. You just went downstairs to the basement. Yeah, I did. I went downstairs and I immediately grabbed my blood pressure cuff. Because I was thinking, this isn't good. Let me get my blood pressure cuff and see where I'm at. And... And I couldn't get the batteries. The batteries were dead in the thing where it like started to fill up and then it would die, mm. which stressed me out and freaked me out because I was starting to panic. Right. So I went and grabbed rechargeable batteries and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm starting to panic. And I've prior to this, I've never had a panic attack of any kind. Right. And all of a sudden I'm trying to get batteries in the damn thing and my hands aren't working. So no, I'm, I'm just sitting more. in the living room waiting for you to come upstairs. And all of a sudden I hear, Jenna, get down here now. Kids, stay upstairs. I was like, well, no, I said, the fuck? I first said, Jenna, get down here now. You were like, what the fuck is going on? And you started to scramble. So there was a pause time because then I heard the kids trying to come down. It was Gabby. Yeah. Right. And then I screamed because I knew I wasn't looking too good. I didn't want her to see me like that. So I was like, stay up there made her even more panicked i didn't even register like your facial features you sounded like you'd gotten your hands stuck in like a blender yeah and so like i was like oh my god there's gonna be a bloody mess when i go downstairs (laughs) so i was like i can't get the batteries in i can't get batteries in just batteries calm down (laughs) and then the blood pressure came back and it was high i don't it was like it wasn't as high as it got, but it was high. It was like 210 at that point. Yeah, and I was over, like, what the fuck? And then like, I looked like at you. It was like 109 at that I point. I looked at you and I was like, you're sweating. Yeah, and you said you're getting and pale. And I said, you're getting pale. Are you having a panic attack? Because you were like, like you couldn't form a sentence. Right, so I was like, my shoulders are stressed and stuff like that. So you're like, okay, well, let's go get the massager. Well, I got you upstairs. Yeah. And we got, I put cold compress. I put washcloth on your head. Right. And I was like, you need to do some box breathing, like slow inhale, hold it, exhale, right. hold it. And so we were trying that. And then for a minute you were like, oh, and I got you some water and you were like, okay, all right. I can kind of catch my breath. Right. And so then you moved into the living room mm-hmm. and then you were like, ah, my back, it's just killing me. And so I was like, well, maybe you've got a really nasty knot. Right. Like, cause you have a terrible posture at your desk. Yes, I do. <laughs> So that's when I was like, well, let me get the back massager because it's heat and, it, you right. know, whatever. And when we were using it, you were like, actually, that's making it worse. Yeah. And I, I was like, wailing. what the hell? I was like, whoa. And normally I like being punched. Yeah. Like, uh, you cannot massage this man too hard. <laughs> right. And I started like, like wailing, like, oh, and you were like, what the fuck? So then we calmed me down. And things felt like they were starting to get a little bit better. And then you were like, oh, I should check my blood pressure again. <laughs> right. And then you're like, it's going up, even though you calm down, that's not good. At that yeah. point, and it was at in the that 230s. Point, it was 240-something over 120. Yeah, like it was crazy, yeah, it was crazy bad. high. So we tried to calm down again. And then I looked at you. I was like, we, we need to go. We need to go now. To the hospital. Like I started going, this is really bad. So we get there. And well, so I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, the kids are older, but at the same time, like, who knows how long it's going to take at the hospital. And we've let never seen call, him freak out like this. Let me call my mom. I've never seen him like this. So I'm like, mom, he's not feeling good. His blood pressure is really high. He's, I think he's having a panic attack, but he can't calm down. I want to take him to the hospital. Can you come over and chill with the kids for a little while? Like, whatever. She's like, yeah, 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 no problem. And then you look at me and you're like, we have to go. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, <laughs> side-eye tell you we have to get out of here right now. We don't have time without freaking the kids out more right. and that was not very easy because even when i fell and broke my foot like we well, were like all right yeah. let's go and to the hospital <laughs> at first you weren't seeing me because i was trying to be too quiet yeah and then i was like we have to go now and, and i was like, like oh shit oh all right and then by the time we got to the hospital this is also still when they're still doing mask protocols for the well, last still early weeks. yeah it was still early march it is march yeah and same way, I come into the thing, and the guy's like, "Sir, you need to have a mask on." And I'm like, "I can't breathe normally." And he's like, "Uh, uh, uh, are you having chest pain?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, come over here." <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was my first heart attack. Well, I didn't know what was going on. I, you never said anything about your chest, right? I didn't. You realize... were talking about your back, right? And that's the thing is, the nurse told me, and this is good to keep in mind. In the future, it's anything between the navel and the neck yeah any pain shoulder back because i was always taught look for the left shoulder yeah and your arm and your chest you know you see yeah. the and it was actually all in my shoulder it was blades. all your heart but it was it was interesting because okay so they take you in they fast track you they figure out that you're having a heart attack but like nobody says those words out loud right they're like you're having some sort of an episode and your EKG is showing weird things. Like, I don't Like, no one ever came out and was like, until You're in cardiac distress. Until, like, you went up to that room before mm -hmm. they took you for the um, angio. And they were like, You're, that's when they were like, Well, you had a heart attack. And right. we we're just like, Well, we also, <laughs> we also went on a night where the hospital was really busy and there was, was no rooms available. Super busy. So I got to have a guard <laughs> of a police officer. Because the only room they had left and they had to put me somewhere was in the uh, crazy prisoner hospital room. <laughs> so there was like bulletproof and blast proof glass or, you know, stab proof, whatever glass on the TV and everything. And um, it had a funky door too. Like it was the first time I've peed in a jug. I hadn't done that before. It's a jug. It's a urinal. Yeah. But at, a, at the hospital. Yeah. I haven't had to pee in a urinal before <laughs> in the bed. That was that was different, but um, yeah, that I'm was okay. Um, I had to do cardiac rehab, and I was like, "This you is had not the place." A ninety percent blockage, yeah. in your the ramus artery, which is behind your heart, yeah, which is why you had the back pain and not the chest pain, right? And now I initially. have a stent. They put a stent in and tons of medicines. Like I have the most medication pills a day in my office. <laughs> Which, again, is not an accomplishment. Yeah. Also, being the youngest in cardiac rehab is the one place where it's not good to be the youngest. Right. And, uh, but I've lost weight since then. I'm doing better. Stopped smoking. Stopped smoking. I've reduced uh, my nicotine level because I'm still vaping. A little, yeah. Not as nearly as much as Yeah, before. I started, when I shut off the cigarettes and went to the vape, I started at 54 milligrams and now I'm down to 12. And I thought that that was the most interesting thing. So, yes, you spent two days in the hospital and then you came home and you were all right. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was the most interesting thing is that, like, 
they, they were like, it's not your cholesterol. It's not your sodium. It's not your this, not right. your diet. It's not, could you, things improve? Sure. Right. But this was 100% smoking, that the smoking had caused so much buildup in plaque. Right. That it clogged the artery. And literally everyone that walked into the room yeah. was like, you have to stop smoking. You have to stop. I was right. like, Jesus, okay. Like, he just had a heart attack. Chill. Like, yeah. I think he gets it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always hounding you, but even I was, like, defensive. Like, all right, we've heard this feel already. Like, right. we get it. And he's already working on it. But I don't think that anyone has ever, like, I don't, I that was news to me. I didn't know that smoking actually like clogged your arteries like eating fatty food does well it's because of it's constricting the arteries so that that way it's causing the buildup while they're constricted right right but in any case so i'm the prognosis is good for me uh, the stent yes. took we had a issue. couple of little setbacks here and there the rest of my heart looked good and so we've been hospital free for two months <laughs> right the, the <laughs> three other months. setbacks three were months. Yay. out of precaution yeah, one because, was was legit a, a panic attack. And that was the thing is it was teaching me the, the difference. difference because they do say that it feels like a heart attack and I can vouch because now I've yeah. had both. Right. They're very similar. Right. So uh, if you feel like you're having just a panic attack, check your blood pressure too to make sure that that's not yeah, going crazy. Yeah, that's a little PSA. Unfortunately, while you were dealing with all of this, um, your dad, just a few days after you got home, was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. Well, that was the weird part is we figured he had some sort of cancer because he had a lump under his chest. So we were figuring maybe he had a breast cancer or something like that. Right. And it turns out he did. But as you were saying, they found it's, the root cause. It was lung cancer that had metastasized to Threat basically everywhere. his entire body and his bones and his intestines and his skin. skin and all of that because he never went to the doctor he never goes to the doctor and never went to the doctor and um he had a really bad cough that he was like oh it's because of smoking and it's because the um and then he had this bump on his chest that grew to the point it was the size of a softball and then he was before losing he weight went to the doctor well that's the thing is what started this was years ago probably like two years ago he out of the blue, just started dropping weight like crazy. And he thought it was because he was retired or whatever. He made excuses, but uncontrollable weight loss. While I didn't realize he still had the sweet tooth where he had junk food all throughout the house. Mm -hmm. And he's eating all that stuff, not exercising at all. He should have been gaining weight like crazy. Yeah. And he'd been a big dude. Yeah. He's, he's like me. He's thick all of his life. And he, I mean, he was literally like, hangy skin mr droopy he was like yeah. yeah and it was crazy because it would like six months difference yeah he was like this big solid dude and then all of a sudden it was like where all that hangy skin come from right, never checked about it right and then uh yeah so he had a cancer throughout his body and they basically was like well i want to fight it and we're like why because you know he he was under the assumption that if he did that he'd be perfectly he'd fine. be cured yeah and so then when they explained to him, like, no, it might prolong your life some. Right. But at the same time, you're going to have to go through chemo and do all this stuff. It's, and, and it's, it's not. And, and even my aunt, who is a breast cancer survivor, having gone through chemo and everything like that, was like. His quality um, of life. She goes, one, he won't probably survive it. 
Right. She knows how bad it is. Yeah. And two, she goes, having been through it and looking at what he's looking at, and this is his sister, he's like, she's like, he shouldn't. There's no point. Well, I mean, how? there's no way they could have gotten it all. No. And it's in it. And it's, it's everywhere. It's in his bones. It had eaten more of him than Yeah. So we just didn't realize how fast it was going to happen. Right. Because so... we, we did get a good, we did get a really good Saturday visit with him. Mm-hmm. And the family showed up and my sisters both were there with their, uh, some of their kids. And he was laughing. He was making jokes. Mm-hmm. He, you could see he was in pain, but he was himself. Yep. And he got to say goodbye to everybody. And that part I wasn't ready for. I know. Because I was like, mm-hmm. He's great. You know, I, I love you. Take care of yourself. Um, you know, and uh, I told him, I did try to tell him I'll see you again. Because I was like, not too soon. But I, I was talking about right. up in heaven. And then right. I got worried when I left. I was like, I hope he doesn't mean, think I mean that I'll be back tomorrow. Right, right, right. Um, but I was trying to insinuate, you know, I'll see you in heaven later on when it's my time. And then he reached over and he pulled me a little closer and he goes, I'm really going to miss you. And then I lost it. I went outside and I was crying. Yeah. Um, and then... So that was um Saturday. And I was taking so, some time from work for right, just because you you were still on leave from was the heart attack. Also, no, you hadn't even gotten that far yet. You were still oh, on your heart right. attack leave. So then modified schedule. So then what Tuesday? I talked to your um stepbrother, mm-hmm. and he was the one who had been helping taking out because him. he lived up there and stuff. So he yeah. was uh he was dealing with hospice and all that, and he basically was like. I think we're at the end of the line and right. I kind of pushed you that. Well, you didn't push that me that morning. morning. You said, Hey, I, well, we're not doing anything. Would you like to go? Well, and I the, said, I think you should. No. And the reason why I'm de- debating you on this is because the fact that you didn't push me, mm. you made the option available. Yeah. You didn't put me pressure either way. And right. I appreciated that. You said, do you want to, do you want to go see him? This is probably his last day. And I said, I think I should. And then you followed it up with, yeah, I think you would regret it if you didn't. Right. Yeah. But you didn't say that until after I said yes. You said yes. You wanted to go up there. If you had said, no, I think I'm fine. I would have taken you and put you in the car. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying is. Because I think that was a very special You didn't present to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying to be very neutral. Right. Like, hey, and I appreciate you that. wanna, because I think you should. <laughs> right. And then when I got there, I did get to talk to him. He was gone. He was. He was unconscious, basically, from all the drugs. Yeah, we and got stuff. there at like 9 30, 10 o'clock, and he passed away just after 12. When I let go of his hand. Yeah. Um, I talked to him, and, and I stood up to take a break and step away. And then you and my stepbrother noticed his last breath. Yeah. He literally like he'd been making that nasty gargly and taking like really hard, shallow, shallow breaths. And then he just kind of went like, (gasps) and stopped. And we both were like, "Whoa!" Yeah. That was freaky because I have never seen someone die. I saw you both do it. And then it was like slow motion. I see your look. I look at you. I look at my stepbrother. And then I realize, oh, something just happened. And then in slow motion, I turn around and look. And then I realize the 
uh, Joe is sitting there like counting. Yeah, because he had gone a couple of times where he was like five or six seconds, right. and then he'd take another shallow breath. Right. But this was. So then, um, yeah. So then he he passed away. I went to his shed and I set his clock in his shed. Took the battery out and set the time. You know, yeah. Traditional, <laughs> um, passing. So he passed on March 29th. And this weekend, we're going to actually have the memorial finally. Yes. And which... that's, I think, been the hardest because we came to find out right. that he and his wife had decided that when they passed, they were going to donate their bodies to science, <laughs> which I think for I him. Think for him, there's a lot of cancer to well, learn from. And the fact that he was born with cancer yeah, in his kidney. Yeah. Um, and that they were able to, you know, get it and and right. and treat it, and he was okay, and he lived a life. I mean, he was well seventy. They butchered the shit out of him. Well, but, yeah. I mean, ghetto poor surgeon. Yeah, cut in. But they the were front. they were still able to see them. Yeah. So the thing though is that yeah, so he passed and and we don't we're not gonna have a body for another two years to spread ashes. It was a very interesting. But we're program. gonna have a memorial. Yeah, you guys need some closure, especially and, your sisters and my my aunt. Yeah, really does. She they were very close. Yeah, for me, the memorial thing, like I said, you my viewpoint is that's the carcass, that's the shell. The body isn't that significant to me. No, but I think the, the memory of it and you and your family being able to say, we're right. putting this to rest. Right. You know, I, I think that's I'm, what I'm saying is, is I'm not as needy of that as my sisters and my aunt are. Yeah. They really need to have that closure. Right. I think maybe the difference also is because we were there. True. I saw the closure. Right, right, right. Firsthand. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we saw we him leave his body. Literally watched it happen. It was creepy. Right. Yeah. So th I think that's part of the reason why probably I'm not as. Oh yeah. You know. But for sure, your sisters. And but for someone sister. who was not there and the person's just gone. Yeah. I can see that they would need that right. closure. So, um, yeah, business is picking back up to you now. You've gone. No, you have not left since the heart attack. I actually did. Um, yes, you did. You went. I did. I took a little short road trip for mm -hmm. four days um, with my bestie, mm -hmm. Sarah, and um, went. So her mom had actually had gallbladder surgery and right. had her gallbladder removed. And then she was having all kinds of complications and she mm -hmm. was not doing well. And she lives, they live in what I did, what I found out is called Michiana. Uh -huh. It's people who live right on the border of Michigan and Indiana in this particular area. Mm. And it's called Michiana because they literally like their address might say Michigan, but like they shop and work in Indiana. Okay. It's, so it's kind of like they, they straddle the border. It's like the DMV, right? Like yeah. the uh, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Like, mm -hmm. you know, anyway. So uh, we went out there because she did, she wanted to go spend some time with her mom and, and take care of her and see her and, and stuff. Right. Um, so she, her husband just didn't want her driving by herself. Right. So I went because you were actually doing okay. Mm -hmm. And um, you were doing well. So, yeah, I took like four or five days and went out there. I was still working a little bit. Um, but it was a nice little break for me mm -hmm. after 
a lot. The craziness. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot. I know. Um, um. So yeah, we. Yeah, but that I haven't. I'm. I won't be doing any overseas traveling until um, November. Gotcha. And then we, you also did the uh, short college tour week with oh Alex. Gosh. And went for the weekend. Our 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 little tiny two pounder. Yeah. Is now old enough to be looking at colleges. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing is he turned sixteen and she turned thirteen. Yeah. During this. Right. It's 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 crazy. It's been a rough year. Like twenty twenty three. I mean, as crazy as the last couple of years have been. Right. Like if you look back at it, it was like, yeah, but everybody was going through stuff. Like right. this year I felt like it was just punching us in the face. <laughs> yeah, it was. And and the good thing though is it's been uh, driving us closer together. Yeah. You're going to try to work on getting healthier. I'm working on getting healthier. One, th The one other thing that we found out is that I die a little bit every night. Oh, my God. I hate when you say that. I know. <laughs> but apparently I have sleep apnea and daytime apnea. And the doctors Central. were kind of surprised by that. Central sleep apnea. Yeah, I stop breathing unless I remember to. Your brain does not remember to tell your body to breathe. Right. Which is not good. Did you know that you've been referred to a neurologist? Yes, I need to make that appointment. Yeah, I found all these things when I was looking in the in our medical chart thing that you have like all these referrals and you're supposed to have gone for blood work twice. Shit. <laughs> this is the reason why Jenna's we changed scheduling we, for me. We She's literally have me do more went, of my own stuff and that's not good. We literally went through and all the doctors offices everything and change the phone number to mine because he doesn't answer the phone <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is is i've tried okay when you were trying to manage the bills and you were not having a good time of it and you were yep. and, it was bad and i took that on yeah i need you to take my scheduling for doctor stuff you've tried to have me make my own calls and it's not working okay that's fair okay i just need you need to tell me yeah well apparently you found out on your own yeah. I do want to make those appointments. I just totally forgot. Okay. Um, yeah, because you're like, but they were you fighting never with went the, to get one. <laughs> they were fighting with me on the sleep machine, too. And that's the thing is, is I was like, okay, oh, that's the reason why I need to see the neurologist to see if I need to get the other machine instead of the one from the, okay, so maybe I should call the lady at the thing and say, wait on getting the machine until no. I see the neurologist. Keep getting the machine. Okay. So then, the th anyway, so the, um, I got to get myself a machine to help me breathe. You don't get a CPAP. You get a BiPAP. Yeah, it's like life support. <laughs> it's basically. not life support. It helps suck air out of my throat and push air in. That's kind of like life support. Okay, well, yeah. a little bit. So anyway, uh, hopefully okay, we'll get that under can control. Can I just, like, how did we wake up in January and all of a sudden we're this fucking old? Yeah, right. <laughs> like... I think the house of cards has just fallen on us. Oh, no. So, another thing that's changing that's changed is we're not in the basement right now on our normal microphones. You may hear the things sound a little different. I'm sure you'll be fine listening to us like this. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that you and I have gone back and forth multiple times. I originally had a set at the desk. You're like, I want to be in the living room. Yeah, tried that. I want to be in the living room. And then I bought these little mics for us to try that lets us record on the iPhone so we can basically do it in the car. We can sit in bed. We can do it on vacation. We can do it anywhere. However, right before we came up here to record. Yeah. You said, I've noticed a lot of podcasts 
are doing uh, much better I know. if they're recorded on video or streamed. Yeah. And I'm like, because that's what I was trying to get you to do originally. Yeah, yeah, I know. So if that's the case, what we may end up doing is do some recordings like this. Yeah. And then do some other recordings downstairs with the cameras rolling. That's fine. Still having the audio like this. That's fine. But we can still do it on our cell phones but I'm just like, as much as you don't like that i keep changing it <laughs> and then right before we even try this method you're like oh we might have to go back downstairs no i never said we were going to go back downstairs okay at no point did i say we were going back downstairs all i'm saying is we need to maybe get a little tripod and as we're recording the voice we should be recording some video too okay so we can still do that from anywhere so Speaking about talking like yeah. we are now. Right. And it brings us to today's topic. Oh, I didn't even realize we had a topic. I yes. thought we were just doing a follow-up. No, I'm trying to be more structured as you asked. Okay. And one of the ideas that we had had was how do or should couples talk? Mm. And that's because we've got some out issues loud. released. Uh, out loud. <laughs> yes, that helps. Um. You know, one thing that's been great about this summer, too, and these events, is my sister and I have been getting closer together anyway. Yeah. And it was awesome because we had her and her son uh, stay with us the other night, or a couple weekends ago, and we had a great time. We yeah. talked about everything um, she was not guarded with me. I was not guarded with her. We were just being very open with each other. And she even said, I'm sorry I've had verbal diarrhea with us because we were just sharing in a way that her and I never had. Right. And it was funny because we were, she was telling me about some of her relationships and we've had some other friends that have some, have had communication issues and things like that. And it got you and us think, you and I thinking, how should... How do we talk? How do other people that we know talk or not? And it's made me very grateful for some of the things like when we are just sitting around and we're just chatting and we're sharing what's going on and we're not disparaging each other. We're just watching shows together. We're cuddling. Yeah. You know, there isn't a day that goes by where I haven't touched you in some way that's affectionate. Maybe not as always a slap on the ass like you would like. <laughs> but snuggling up on you, you rubbing my head, I love that. It's just things that are like showing affection. And then we joke about things that we like or things that happen during the day. Well, and I think that's the big thing too, right? So like if something happens during the day, you're the first person I think I want to tell. Right. I can't imagine not having that feeling like, oh, I got to tell my husband. Right. But it's it's funny because as I'm hearing of but people I, that I know that don't have that. Right. And so they're they're like, Well I'm like well what did your husband say? Oh, I haven't told him yet. Like what why? Well, I don't know. I've just been talking to other people first. Like what? <laughs> or not feeling like you can talk to the other person because like you and I are partners in crime against these kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and our kids are well behaved. But still, it's... We still have a united front. And it's it's still... I can... You're my adult. Right. I'm your adult. Yes. And I've 
you know, like my sister. You're my person. <laughs> he's he's never going to listen to this show. So I can confidently say <laughs> he doesn't spend time with her. He doesn't. Your your brother-in-law. Yeah. He doesn't However. give her affection. I'm not going right. to out, put out any more details than that. But no. he's just. I would say things he can't support himself. Things and my that sister you and I has to take all that work on. Have realized we should not be taking for granted, right? Because right. not everybody has them, right? And that was the thing is I felt throughout the week I continually told you thank you, right? And you're like, "What the fuck are you thanking me for?" And I said, "Thank you because I have my head on your lap," yeah. or I said, "You and." more than not this week i've been like here you want to come snuggle on me and you were like what what's going on i know i'm like here come snuggle on me or you know i had you put your head on my chest in bed going to sleep which i usually do not do nope but it's funny because it's been making me feel more affectionate and wanting that affection more because i'm realizing it's not as common as i thought it was yeah and that's sad Right. And I find that really sad. And I never thought my sister and I's relationship growing up was very, and we openly discussed this and I loved that too. Mm -hmm. It was openly tit for tat competition. I have to be better than you. Right. And neither of us could accept each other for each other because we were in competition. But now we've both acknowledged we're at the point where we're not trying to one up each other. We're both trying to make each other's lives better and are hoping for each other's best. Right. And that's never been the case. You're I'm becoming friends. Misty eyed I here. know. But see, that's the thing. Like we were talking about with your sister. But that... I never thought I would feel sorry for the position that she's in. Yeah. I always felt that it was going to be a, well, you get what you deserve. You right. got yourself Oh, I remember here. us talking about, like, you were like, I can't wait in the future. We show up to a family reunion. Right. And all these kids running around like crazy. And ours are well behaved. And blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> like. But now looking at it, I thought like... I would feel bad for her because she's. How can you have? And this, and this is true. Most housewives, many housewives, I'm not going to say most, but many housewives have the complaint that he's right there, but he's useless. Yeah. And because it's a, it's, there's this really crappy perception that, well, you've been sitting at home all day. Right. And some of us took advantage of that, yes. <laughs> but for the most part... Not when it came to the kids. No. And that's the thing. Like, do you understand how mentally, physically exhausting these children are? Like, it... See, what's funny is for me, all those house things would be the escape. Yeah. I'm wired that way. See, and for me, it was like, I can't add one more thing to my to-do list right. today. I broke up six fights. I made three meals. Right. I changed diapers. I gave baths. We went to the park. We did all this stuff. I am mentally, physically drained. Right. There has not been one minute of this day where someone hasn't been asking something of me. Right. Clinging to me, needing me for something. And it's like, oh, and now I have to do the laundry too? Fuck right. you. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's. It's just, you know, it's... I wish we had figured out, like, if you could go back in time. Right. I Then again, like, we wouldn't be where we are now, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I wish no I had figured out... Yeah, right, no regrets. <laughs> I wish we had figured out 
a long time ago that I was not a stay-at-home person. I needed to have both. I needed to work and... Now, I always was working, but if we had figured that out from the get-go, that like, okay, maybe we don't necessarily need me to work full-time, but I need to have a part-time job. And so if I'm going to be working outside the home and inside the home, here's how we're going to do things. Right. You know, but we never... Right acknowledged it we just were kind of like oh well you're home <laughs> well you well and i was at first well no in the beginning you said i wanted to do all those things i, I thought i did because yeah i because, didn't know what it, it, I, it meant the funny thing is i remember leaving tyson's the metro wasn't there yet Jesus. i remember riding home from ydv with you one of the times i was riding with you and we're riding home and we were talking about I said, as we were crossing, uh, what's the name of the street that has the old people club on it? Oh, yeah. The stupid name. Uh, yeah. Tyco. Yeah. As we're passing Tyco, <laughs> I look over to you because you're driving. I'm in the passenger side. And I said, rest in peace, I want, red car. <laughs> I said, I want you to be working. I don't want to be a single income house. We both need to be working. And you said, no, I want to be a stay at home mom. And well, I and said, I said, who's going to want... watch our kids? Who's going to raise our kids? No, that's not what you said. I know exactly word for word the entire conversation. You said, I do not want someone else raising our kids. Well, yeah, that's true. And I said, well, you don't just get to stay home all day and take care of the kids. That's not all. If you are going to be, I spelled it out. I said, if I you're going to be, that means you're going to do this, 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 and this. And you said, yes, I want to do those things. I would much rather deal with those things than dealing with Laura. <laughs> and you're grinning because you remember saying it now. I don't actually. Yeah, but you know I don't that's, remember it, but I know we probably had that conversation yeah. because in my head, all I could see was my grandma. Yeah. Because that was the only stay at home version we've had of a this human. conversation before and we've resolved it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. You I'm, said, not, I'm not going back and saying. I'm saying you, you're, you openly said your intention was yeah. to. It's just whenever you went it to, is. it was like, mm, It was like, now. this is not in my, this is not, this is not what I'm, yeah. This yeah. is not my forte. So we made it through. But that's we've, what I was just saying. We've dealt like, with it. You know, in hindsight, like if I, we had figured this out, and, and we said that too about me working with your aunt. Like right. if only we had figured this out 20 years ago. Right. You know. Well, that was a good thing too is because after the debacle when you got pregnant and the job fired you yeah you were so upset um yeah. because you had thought this skincare is the passion that i wanted and it was again one of those things where it was because it fell into your lap sort of deal right that you I kind of were like okay i'm gonna run with this right now i still stand by the fact that i have a skill set and a trade that I can fall back on. God forbid something happens right. and I need more work. Right. I can walk into any salon and be like, yeah, I'm a little rusty, but I know what the fuck to do. Right. <laughs> but the key is, is your organization when it comes to your, your not clerical, is it clerical skills? Whatever the, not secretarial skills, but your office skills. Yeah. And your, even though your organization is a little confusing for me, it works for you in the office and setting. Yeah. Those skills are actually being well utilized with the travel. Right. And it's a combination of getting to see places that you like. 
and so learning and language and culture and history, which I'm all interested yeah. in. Yeah. So the thing is, is even though the opportunity happened to be, you did get a chance to say, is this what I want to do and make the choice and not just have it fall on you. Right. And also since we last spoke, you have one job. I have one job. You only have one job. <laughs> I know. And that's great. It's been so working it's this year, knock on wood. But that's that's been the cool thing too, is after the heart attack, as far as back to the topic of the conversation. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I don't know how we did that. That's fine. Uh with the how do should people talk. Right. I was really worried because of one of the first things they did after my heart attack was they took away my Adderall. Yes. And I was they, scared. They took away the the happy time drug. <laughs> the, but the happy brain. The focus I've, brain. I've been communicating with you continually going, is it as bad as it was? And you're like, not as bad. And some skills you've retained. Yeah. And they tried you on a non-stimulant version. Right. And that first one didn't work. But what they're doing now is. You were on, you were on it for a month. Yeah. And you were like, I've been on this thing for a month. How do you think I've been? And I was like, you've been taking something? Right. <laughs> Again, it still wasn't News as bad as me. it See, some of it was I needed the medicine to make the realization that there was an issue. And then right. once I realize there's an issue, then I focus on it. Yeah. But I think what that you're on That being said is, is without the medicine, there was still an issue and I was exhausted all the time. Right. Granted, I'm still exhausted a lot, but not as much. Yeah. And I'm doing some of my stuff again, like us recording. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, because you were taking your meds and like... 45 minutes later, you were useless. Yeah, because it was it's the meds. They are. Me and the out. doctor even said it could take six months to a year. It's crazy. So they got me on Cymbalta, which is an antidepressant that also has a tendency to increase focus. Well, it's, it's also the focus, but it's also anti-anxiety. So it hits right. all three of those, the, the uh, endorphins, the serotonin, and the neuroepinephrine. So it right. hits all of those instead of just focusing on the one. And I think we need to increase the dosage a little bit, but I'll talk to Dulcich about it. Give another month and see and how then, you do. Yeah, it's good But idea. it's it's definitely, I've seen a change. Good. Like, you're not all like, uh, I'm going to bed. Like, right. And I've gotten some stuff done. Yeah. And I tried to do the script thing with the theater friends, but they're a little too censoring themselves. Right. So and we know you do not like to censor yourself. So the friend of mine down the street and I are starting our own little studio. Good. And that's going to allow us to make videos together for Happily Board and videos with him and my other stuff. So we're going to do it all under that umbrella. Sure. So that's cool. So I'm going to try to be more social in that sense. But as far as... How should people be communicating? That's the thing. Is like, I'm... This here, like what you, like we were just we, saying is... We do when this I change, all the time. <laughs> when I change my medication... Yeah. I'm asking you, how is that affecting me? Right. Because and you're going to see it. Right? right. And the same thing is when you've been taking your mess and there's um, that one time where I was like, have you been taking your happy, or I said, are, are, is your happy medicine dose needs to be updated? And you're like, I haven't been taking it. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> and you're like, well, I was feeling better. And I'm like, oh. And I know that, that pattern because yes. of I grew up with that pattern. Yes. And you were like, okay, I need to get over it. I need to take my meds. Right. And that's been good. Um, Actually just bumped the dosage just a little bit. That happens over time. Yeah, you're going to get Because it had been a couple years since I've been on this particular 
yeah. strength. So we went up just just a little, right? Just a touch to see how that feels. But that's the thing is, like, we, we talk about everything but, yeah. important and stupid. But all the time. Like, we're never yeah. not checking in with each other. And we do it in the car, at yeah. the grocery store, in the kitchen, in the living room. Like, I don't know. It just... And the kids are sometimes surprised at, like, we the level that we have knowledge of things that we, they didn't talk to us directly with. Right. Unless it's something where it was like, please don't say anything. Right, right, right. We do keep their confidence, but... At the same time, they know we're keeping each other abreast of the situation. Right. And um, in fact, a couple times, we've told them, given each other updates and said, yes, we are explaining that right now. Yeah, and we talked to them right in front of, like, yeah, we communicate this. Like, there's not going to be a situation where wait for your dad to come home kind of a thing. That's not okay. Right. Um, But I don't know. I just feel like you have to because... Like, you've been on different meds and stuff, but that affects me too, right? right? So, like, I had to realize you're not on anything right now or you have something that you're trying to get into your system. It takes a little while. Right. So, when you're getting snippy and short and whatever, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I have to stop. Like, okay, he's not operating on all <laughs> all cylinders. And if you call me on it, I'm like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Minute. Yeah, and it's like, okay, you're being really aggressive right now. And you're like, what? Oh, oh, right. sorry. You know, and you can't get offended by that. Like, you just have to understand. Like, you may not feel that that's what you're doing, but this is how I'm interpreting right. it. And so even talking that out, like, oh, I wasn't trying to be aggressive. I was, you know, I got really passionate about this topic. Right. So I think that's important, too. Well, I think that's that's one thing I'm also, I appreciate about you is that I can come to you and say anything and talk about anything. and. I've, and you're able to do the same with me. Sometimes I've given you some, here's some cheat sheet for Chuck. If you want me not to become defensive, approach me this way. Right. And at first you were like, well, fuck you. Why am I going to have to talk to you in a specific way? Yeah, but, but then once you realized it was the tool I was giving you, then you were like, okay. But then I realized like I should do the same thing. Right. And so, hey, sometimes I just want to spout off at the mouth. I don't want to fix my problem. Right. So you need to ask me, are we, are we venting? Or are we problem solving? <laughs> right. Or I'll just say, what is my role here? Yeah. And you're like, right. okay. And that's the thing is it feels weird in the beginning to to say here. Um, when you first told me, just come up to me and tell me what's your role here. And I'm sitting there going, what the fuck? How am I going to do that? Because you're you're angry already. How am I going to say, what do you want me to do? But then I did. And you were like, Nothing. I just need you to listen. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. And I think... I appreciate that, that we've gotten to that point. Um, and even, like I said, the, the little tiffs that we've had a couple days later, um, you know, we'll figure out. Like, they don't a lot even of times, last days. They're not, not as much anymore, but when there is an issue, it's a lot of times it's not that I'm actively mad. It's that I'm trying to figure out how to bring it up, how to, how to word it, what I'm thinking exactly before I get, take it out on you, right. basically. Right. Um, so, like, I'm making sure to gather my thoughts so I can articulate it in a way that you can easily understand what I'm talking about, or to present it in a way. Or sometimes I come up to you and be like, I have a couple times come up to you and said, "Oh, I was originally mad at this," and then I realized that that was kind of stupid. That I, sh- I was wrong before having, but 
or my I'd whole ex- thing explain about being, myself to you why I was being weird, feeling needy and whatever, and like having a hard time saying like, right. It just needs some attention right now. Like that's not, that's not comfortable for me to say. Right. And so, you know, figuring out how to express it out loud because right. you can yell whatever you want inside your head. If you're never going to hear it, if I don't say it out loud. Right. Well, I've started to. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Like that's weird. We've been the other day. <laughs> she'll come up and she was she was being this is not the other day. It was a couple weeks ago because I've been all over your ass lately. Um. <laughs> But you were being kind of snippy, and I just looked at you, and I said, are you feeling needy? And you went, because you, like, had an angry look on your face, and you were like, yes. Yeah, sorry. I was trying to pick a fight so that you <laughs> And I was like, okay. Well, I said, well, what do you, and that's the thing I've been better about lately is when I'm like, do you feel needy? And you're like, yes. I said, okay, what do you want to do? You yeah. Watch a show? Do you want, what do you want to do? And you're like, uh, yeah, we can watch a show. Like, okay, you want to watch a scary movie? You want to watch, and that's the thing is, we watched a couple more movies recently just because we've been watching a lot of The Office and stuff like that. And The Blacklist, that, that show's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we just found that one. We're way late yeah. to the game, but. <laughs> but I mean, also, and in, in just. Like but said, that's our time together, right? Like, some people work out together, some people, right. they go hiking, some people run, some people paint, whatever. Right. That's just our thing. We like it and chill and we use it as a talking point too right and that was the thing is like when my sister was over well what's funny is like the talking that we're doing right now and that's the other reason why i got the mics that i got now is because we were in the car the other day we're talking and it was a long ride we were going somewhere it was like an hour away i remember where it was we were going oh it was to to sarah's they don't live an hour away no it was 30 minutes Okay. We were going to Sarah's. Oh yeah. And and we were talking in the car and I was like, this would be really good for the podcast. And then I was like, these mics would be really good because on a car ride like this we could have our discussions. And that's what happens all the time, yeah. (laughs) What we're doing right now is not any different than how we normally talk. Correct. We just normally aren't talking to an invisible person. And we don't normally have microphones on us. (laughs) Right. But as far as like the content of how we're discussing a topic counterpoint oh point, yeah counterpoint 100 percent. that's how we do it and again i'm f- we're finding from when talking to others and stuff that that's not common. like i can't imagine not having stuff to talk to you about and having things in common and stuff we like to do together and mutual interests and like if you're not if you're not communicating with the person and you're not talking to the person like then why are you with them well also the <sighs> Like, what are you... there's not a topic that I couldn't approach with you. Oh, right. Even Anything. A, even a sensitive one, if I approach yeah. it gently, right. we're able to talk about it. I can't imagine, and my mom described this to me when she was with my dad, of there just being a whole minefield of topics that you have to avoid. Oh, my God. And you can't get too close to this topic or else you're going to possibly set off a line, uh, landmine. And if you try to avoid it too much, you're going to set off a different landmine. Oh, for God's sake. You know? But that's... A but, lot of people live that way. And I don't understand that because if you have committed your life to this person, you're supposed right. to be able to trust them. You know, like, these people see you at your rawest, most... You know, right. I mean, you've literally seen the inside of my body. The children were cut out of yeah. me. You've seen inside me. That was so like... cool. <laughs> that was awesome looking. But like, 
that could I couldn't be any more vulnerable than right then. Right. You know, like and and having to explain how I feel about certain things. No, and... let me step back and take what? back one of my answers. You said you being cut open is the most vulnerable you could be. Okay, no, that's I not completely true. disagree. The deep rooted emotional things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying you're feeling okay. needy. That's true. Saying you're feeling needy is putting yourself out there very vulnerable position. Right. Because you were openly saying what it is you need. Yeah. Without a guarantee at that moment, other than your trust in me. Yeah. That is exposing yourself vulnerable. Well, and I can think too of the time that like I broke down at one point and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I need something. I need to go see the doctor. I need to go talk to somebody. Right. I need to, something is not right. I'm a mess. I'm hysterical. That is more intimate to me. Yeah. Being openly honest and vulnerable. And raw. Is more connecting to me than anything else. True. I sound yeah. such a woman. <laughs> but the thing is. Well, you know. I think learning to speak each other's language, right? Right. Like if you're, you're a very literal person. And so I can't just say to you, I need you to help me around here. Right? Like that tells you nothing. Right. And you're like, oh, well, fucking figure it out. But if I come to you and I'm like, oh, listen, twice a week, I need you to take the trash can out. Right. Because I physically can't do it. Right. That tells you that I'm struggling to get the trash can out. <laughs> no, that's giving me a... It, it's the... It's cut and dry. No. It's the exact... It's the same psychological issue as somebody screaming, call, somebody called 911. Somebody. Yeah, no, you can't pick somebody. You have to point to someone and say, but call 911. Generally, there's this problem. You're not giving anyone... Uh, action a call or direction to right if you want something specific done it has to be a call to action i need this done on this time for this reason right that and is something that's most, actionable most men need that right they're not intuitive they're not going to just see you struggling because we don't struggle out loud well no i'm intuitive no i, I know, know you what, are what i'm saying is i'm intuitive and i know what needs to be done that's why i said most but men. i assume Yes. That those are your responsibilities until you ask for help. Right. Specifically. But yeah. most women mm -hmm. struggle quietly, silently, internally, don't vocalize what they truly, really need. And they're too generic when they're saying it to their partner because if you need, you know, if you need the purple knife from the drawer on the left, then don't just say, hey, grab me a knife. You cannot be, let me put it in another <laughs> way. You cannot be mad at me if you come up and start screaming at me in, in Spanish. You can't be mad at me because I don't understand. Yeah. Now, if you come up to me in English and you make a request and say, I need this in English, a language that I understand. Right. And then I dismiss you. 
well, by all means you. you have right to be angry. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's I think yeah, that's yeah, a good that's analogy right. for what you're saying. Is right, right, right. A lot of the housewives are complaining. And because, I don't think it's even housewives. I think it's just um, husbands and wives. Husbands and wives. What I'm saying is let me finish the statement because it's gonna sound weird at first. And of course, we're talking in general. Oh yeah, no, I I'm am not the case single of someone who's else. not normal for my gender. I know. The key is women talk. Women complain vocally about their issues. In most cases, to their husbands. That's why there is a people say nagging. The problem is they're saying what they're thinking and feeling on the surface and as you said not communicating it in many cases in a language that the husband would understand right that being said the husband should be turned around going okay wait a minute what do you mean you need to talk to me i'm not understanding you and so forth instead of shutting it down and yeah ignoring it quit fucking nagging me but also the wife can't be angry if she's a lot in general the wife's getting angry, but not acknowledging that they're not communicating it well. Or that they're not communicating in a way that their partner can understand. In the same respect, again, the partner, in the case of men, generally, men don't speak at all. And just feel like they are obligated to provide they're obligated to make their wives happy right and after a very short time of marriage they realize that they cannot make their wives happy and they give up but they shouldn't be in charge of making their wife happy. no but society yeah. tells men happy that that's wife their job. happy life yeah right and a lot of women fuck that a lot of women say it's your job to make me happy it is not your job it is my job to make me happy right and it, they're the closest you've come is at one time he's like um, it will, would help me make me very happy to do this. And I snapped back at you because that was a line that I yeah, yeah. had heard with my ex. Right. And I said, it's not my job. You need to make yourself happy. I will do what I can to do my part. Right. But I have no control over your happiness. Right. You know, um, but it's, the, I agree with you. It's, there's a miscommunication. It's that men don't communicate. Women don't communicate effectively, effectively. based on their audience. Right. You like, can't just sit here and go i need help i need help i need help okay but you always need help right that's what i always hear i always hear you need help and i'm doing this and i'm doing that and i'm doing that okay but what is it at the end of the day maybe he didn't cut the grass right. what maybe you need him to pick up the kids but he he's not going to intuitively know because what i've noticed is that we have our schedule well, on on the calendar before you move to that no I mean, the other factor is is sometimes you'll uh, you would specifically say I need help. So I would do something else that I thought I was helping. Right, because I didn't specify. But it wasn't what you asked. Right. So you were still angry because I did not help with specifically what you had in your head. Again. Was the problem. I didn't like get it out. Like you're visualizing in your head a specific problem. Yeah. And screaming out a general need. Right. And if I'm not addressing your specific problem, but I'm still trying to address some other problem. Right. I'm not addressing what you asked for. So I'm still mad. Right. <laughs> and we're in a shitty cycle. <laughs> and then I'm pissed at you because I did help. I did something over here. Right. And you're not giving me credit for something that I tried to help. 
Right. So then my brain goes, fuck you, I ain't going to try again. Exactly. And it's shutdown mode. Right. So. And then nothing gets done. Right. And, and we haven't right. had that. We <laughs> haven't had that issue in many, 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 many years. Yeah. To a complete meltdown. And like I said, I don't, no regrets. No I'm regrets. glad where we're at. But the th I just, I see, I see in many people I know. And I've seen this issue where it's like, from a third party standpoint, you can see both sides and you're like, yeah, you care about each other, but you're being stupid. Right. Like if you could just fix the way you're saying that, right. and you could just stop putting up a wall and just listen. <laughs> well, then you'll come to two, one of two conclusions. Work on it, continue to work on it and be happy. Right. Or at least feel better because you're moving in the positive direction. Yeah. Or reboot. Right. And try it with somebody that will make you happy. Because well, that's... I, for, like I said, the thing is, I told you and I almost started crying for my sister. And I'm like, no I one know. deserves to be in that situation. No one deserves to be that unhappy. Right. And have all of this weight. No one deserves that. Right. And. For someone who's trying their hardest to get well. Right. Be productive. Be present. Be a parent. Right. Be a partner. And that's the, that's that word. Right. Right there. That I keep saying. And I keep getting resistance. I right. keep hearing. I don't have a partner. Right. Because a partner someone you share the load with. Well. You share the work. You're in it together. You have each other's back. And I'm not talking 50-50 shit. No, no, no. That's not why. She's looking at my face and I'm going, uh, You're I'm making a weird face. <laughs> because the term partner is being used incorrectly in those examples. So. Partner for good and bad. The a lot of times where I've heard friends use the word partner, it's things that I need from that person. No, 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 that's not. How no, I'm what saying. I'm saying yeah. is in a the word partner is not being used correctly there because of the per. It's not just about what I can pull from that person; it's also what I'm giving the person. That's what I mean. And I'm saying the. A lot of times the example when I hear people use the word partner, they're only thinking it from their selfish point of view. Oh, yeah. No. A, a, a true partner is it's give and take. Right. It's, you know, lift up when when they're down and they prop you when you need it. And, you know, it's back and forth. Sometimes it's 90-10. It's... <laughs> Let me put it into a, a true case that you and I had that wasn't about the communication or stuff. But there was a time where we were disagreeing and stuff like that and i was wanting more sex you were tired because the kids were still younger and i was saying i want more sex and you were saying well i'm feeling stressed and i'm feeling like i've got a lot of work on my shoulders and i'm not feeling very close to you right now so i'm not feeling after all of this work like i want to have sex right and then you were like but you were like well if you want to show me more affection 
or if you were to show me more affection and spend more time with me, then I would feel more inclined to have sex. And I would say, well, if you were having more sex with me, I would feel more <laughs> affectionate towards you. I would slap you on the ass because I'd be like, oh, that's my baby. Because right. for me, it's sex that makes me feel intimate towards you. For you, it's touching and slapping your ass that makes you feel intimate towards me. So... And the time, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, well, if I'm not getting sex, no, I'm not feeling like I should slap your ass and stuff like that and be cute with you. Literally nobody was getting what they wanted. <laughs> right. And that's the thing is, like, you explained it to me. It was like, well, and the, the, the thing is, like, you've also noticed where if we're having sex, whenever we've had, like, a couple of days of doing things, I'm running around like a schoolgirl slapping you on the ass and kissing you on the neck and stuff like that. I know. I get all kinds of stuff. <laughs> right. But that's because that's how I feel connected to you is through the act of sex. Right. You, it's the... Proximity, the time. The quality time and things yeah. like that. So it's gotten better where instead of just not having sex at all, you start to get bitchy and I say, do you feel needy? And then I spend time with you and stuff like that. And that rolls into sex and it works itself out until we just go on another dry spell. But, <laughs> you know, now you're turning me be, away. It used to be. Oh, that's the, the fun of getting sexual, older, a uh, sexual, uh, what's what is it word? called? Peak and, uh oh my god the i don't know what you you were saying it the other day i forgot oh, jesus christ the um, not stamina your drive sex drive yeah i was like ah no no i'm having a headache <laughs> uh I just had i was a like but you've day. had seven headaches in a row <laughs> Just had a long day today. And it's so funny because like during those short years of a man being in the prime where they want it all the time. Yeah. But see, we're raising the kids. No, and what we, I'm saying and... though is there's about 10 years, 15 years where a man really wants That's it. what I'm saying. And, and right that's after when a our woman kids turns, were little. But the thing is, is right after a woman starts, turns 35, 40, 40-ish, it starts ramping up. And you have the rest of your life for your sex drive to drive you nuts. <laughs> so we have 15 years or so of rejection. I'm assuming after we've started having sex 15 years or 20 years of rejection, you have like 40 to go. <laughs> so Thanks. payback's a bitch. Shut up. <laughs> so and... Anyway, and our prime is when we're still in the physical conditions to do acrobatic shit. Oh, the best you're going to look for is the possibility of a broken hip. Hey, <laughs> this is why cougars exist. <laughs> <laughs> they got to keep up. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, so that is one thing I've decided, though, is I'm not going to in trying to pursue relationships anymore. It's got to be give and take. Right, you know, it has to be somebody, a partnership. If somebody... A true partnership. I want somebody in my life that can say, hey, you're fucking up. You're not doing that. And they can feel like they can come to me and tell me that. And in you return, should be able to do that in return. In return, if I see something that they're fucking up, I should be able to say something right. without fear of being shot down. 
Right. Because they don't like what I'm saying. My besties know that I love them and I support them. But I also nicely point out, here's kind of where I think maybe you're going wrong. I've gotten much better at the kind part. Yes, you have politically you're not nice as part. evil blunt as you used to be. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I also need people around me that understand that I'm not. And, my and that's thought the isn't thing. the evil thought that's, initially. That I think is the biggest thing. Like some people get so offended when you say something and it's like you're not even. And like, Sarah has been able to say, I can see what he's saying. Yeah, because yeah. if you care about somebody, like your goal is not to hurt them. Right. You're trying to be honest and open, and you should be able to do that. Right. Like, I should be able to come to you and say, okay, listen, the way you're saying things, whatever. Or, hey, I've noticed you've been really snippy with the kids. Right. What is going on? What can we do? We need to fix this. They don't deserve that. Right. Whatever. And you you're, you need to listen and take it in and not immediately just get on the defensive. Well, be because like, of the... It's not fine. <laughs> it's because I need to understand that your your goal is not to attack me or make me feel bad. Right. Your goal is a partnership. Right. Let's figure to this try out. Try to help me be a better person. Right. And it's all in the interest of our children. And us on each other. I don't want to be with someone who's miserable for the rest of right. my life. And the last topic I have as far as how people couples should or should not talk or do or don't, whatever. One thing I'm very glad that you and I have both done with the children is, now granted, Alex has got that 16-year-old testosterone running through his system, so he's starting to sound like an ass like I do sometimes. <laughs> uh, but we're working on it, and we're throwing it back going, do you realize how that sounds? We're, Tone. We're playing the mirror game yeah, so we, we can understand it. Tone. <laughs> but the thing is, is that we've taught them from the beginning, communication is sending a message. If you are right. sending that message in a way that a person cannot interpret, right, then the goal of communication failed. The yeah. message did not get transmitted or right. got corrupted. If you communicate the message in a way that that person can understand and they take the message for what you mean, then that's successful communication. Right. So it's not just saying what you feel and think. It's deliberately saying it in a way that the other person can understand so that your message that generated in your brain gets yes. to their brain uncorrupted yes and we've taught our kids that they have to consider that right when they're communicating you know we were always taught just say it say it out loud speak it right but not the consideration of who your audience is yeah and that we're extending to our kids and hopefully that'll help them a lot but we're only now learning it as adults well, yeah. and you know, I grew up just, you know, just, just don't talk about it. Just right. stuff it down. Right. Deal with it later. That never works. <laughs> right. So I hand it back to you. For what? Wait, whatever you want. I don't, I think we're, I think we've wrapped we're good it up. For now? Yeah, we're pretty good. We've gone over an hour. All right. So now that we have these little microphones, please let us know in the comments of whatever you're listening to us on or shoot us an email. At... Or just text us if. The one person that listens is listening. Yeah. But uh, if anybody else happens to get their hands on this, it's info at happily dash dashboard B O R E D dot com. And we will try to be back on more soon than six months. 
let's make a goal for next week. Sometime um, next week. During the week may actually work now that we're not having to run downstairs. Doing this like mm-hmm. on a Tuesday, Wednesday. And then it's day. like perfect time. We turn it off, go to sleep. True. Except for now my brain's active. Oh, Lord. We'll see. All right. We will talk to you guys next time. Thank you. All right. Bye.